Do you struggle with mental health or know someone who does? Join Gabrielle and Charisse as they discuss all things mental health. Each episode will be packed with information on coping, healing, and living a well-balanced life. We hope you join us in session. Hello, everybody. This is Gabrielle and Sharice with In Session Podcast, bringing you another episode. Sharice, it's so good to chat with you again. What is today's session all about? Yes. Hey, guys. We're so excited for you guys to be here. Today, we were talking about depression and suicide since September is Suicide Awareness Month. And so we'll let you guys know some tips on how to help those that might be struggling with some depression or some suicidal ideation, and also how to look out for it and just to be a supportive person in someone's life. So Gabrielle, where do you want to start with that? I love the fact that one, yes, this is um, September and it's Suicide Awareness Month. I think sometimes it gets a little bit taboo because people are like, oh, suicide is scary, right? Which it is. And so they kind of avoid talking about it. And so even just kind of talking about what suicide is and how you could either help yourself or help someone who's struggling. So for someone who is having suicidal thoughts, pretty much they're having thoughts that my life would be better if I were no longer here. If I were to end my life, things would be easier. I would stop being a failure, things like that. Um, as a therapist, there are plenty of clients who come in who may have depressed or even suicidal thoughts, but it's clear to note that just because you have a thought, it doesn't mean that you're like, oh, I'm actively suicidal and I want to go kill myself right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good distinction. So actively suicidal is having the plans and means of what you're going to do to end your life. And I see this funny meme going around. And this is also a point of like how to look for um, tips that someone might be struggling. It's like, if I say this to my therapist, it's like the psychiatric ward yeah. sock. It's like, oh, here you get to go to the psych ward or go to a hospital. But no, that's not what we do. Um, so we do assess for the plans and means of if you are having suicidal ideation, but it does not mean that you're actively suicidal all the time. Yeah. If you just are having thoughts like Gabrielle was saying, I don't want to be here or life would be easier if I was just gone. Um, so those thoughts are pretty normative. I think if you're going through a hard time, um, having battles with depression, yeah. those thoughts will come up. Um, and so therapy does a really good job of assessing those thoughts and helping you find, find solutions and find, um, I guess, coping strategies to help you with that depression. Yeah. But it's not always you are going to be committed to a hospital because yeah. you were having these thoughts. And I think that's a big fear surrounding some, some having some suicidal ideation thoughts. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, hundred percent. And I even think that for some clients, you know, thankfully, a lot of them know that something is off when they start to have those kind of thoughts. And so if they are comfortable with therapy, a lot of people will come in and they'll say like, Hey, I'm just not myself. I'm sad. And I'm starting to have these kind of thoughts. And those thoughts for a lot of people are enough to drive them to say, I need to talk about this with someone. This is not normal, which is great. Right. Um, sometimes though, I will say that people will hard hoard those thoughts and not want to share it because if I say this what will they think and that's why I love talking to a therapist and having that safe space because again our first inclination is not oh you had this quote-unquote bad thought let me go put you in the hospital that's not what we do as Cherie said we assess for plans and means but the vast majority of people who are having suicidal thoughts they are just thoughts and one of the things we're taught in our suicide awareness training is that Talking about suicide does not increase the likelihood that you're going to commit suicide. That is such a myth that's out there that, oh, if I say it, if I talk about it, it's going to make it more real. It's going to make me go ahead and do it. No, it actually has the adverse effect, meaning if you talk about it with someone, 
you're more likely to stay alive. You're more likely to feel better because you're not holding that in all with, all to yourself. Yeah, I think the language and the way that we talk about suicide in general as a society is very problematic. Yeah. I think you're right. There's a lot of fear surrounding if I do open up or if I do ask my friend, hey, like, are, is something going on right now? Yeah. That is going to increase the risk of them doing something to harm themselves. And really the opposite is true. It's going to help them feel safe and secure and comfortable and expressing, hopefully if you're a safe person to yeah. express how they're feeling. Um, something that I was reading was that sometimes when a friend or someone we know is going through a hard time, we'll say things like, you're not going to do anything to yourself right Mm -hmm. and that is such an anxious thought for the person asking that question because it's like reassure me that you're going to be okay when really the question should be centered and very direct on are you having suicidal thoughts do you feel any symptoms of depression how can I help you and so I think that the way that we talk about suicide needs to change and I was also reading something which I think is fairly new that we shouldn't say that a person committed suicide, mm-hmm. they but that they died by suicide because when it's committed suicide, it's kind of like going back into the olden days when it was like a crime yeah. and a sin. Um, and I'm not saying that suicide is a good thing right. or we're not trying to like make it positive, but it does happen and we're trying to destigmatize it. And a part mm-hmm. of that is the prevention part of things, which mm-hmm. is how we talk about it and how we use the language surrounding it. And so Absolutely. what have you heard about yeah. kind of died by suicide instead of the term committed suicide? Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, it kind of takes off some of the responsibility, so to speak, because people think like, oh, if they committed suicide, then they made a choice and they just made this bad choice that they shouldn't have made. When for a lot of people, if they got to a point where they had to take their life, it's likely because they saw no way out. They saw no form of help. And so in the same way, I've heard people talk about it, like if someone dies from cancer or from, you know, a homicide or something like that, it's like, I didn't have a choice here. This happened to me. And for some people who are survivors of like family members who committed suicide or if they've had suicide attempts themselves, they feel very much like that was an outer body. I was not in control there, that I was under such a burden mentally and emotionally. I, I had no other way out. So how we talk about it does matter. And I love that you said the word prevention, because that's the whole goal here is to reduce the stigma of mental health, to reduce the stigma of suicide, because Having thoughts does not make you a bad person. Having thoughts does not mean that there's nothing wrong with me or I'm weak. It means that you need help. And everybody along this journey of life needs help from time to time. Yeah, I think part of the prevention is a, a huge destigmatization of what mental health looks like. Because when we're saying suicide prevention, also there's over half of people that have suicidal thoughts already have mental health yeah. conditions. And so it's thinking about, okay, what can we do for those people that have these mental health issues and the disorders, um, not viewing them as crazy or viewing yeah. them as like therapies of last ditch effort? No, how can we help them before it does get to the point where they are isolated? isolating or where they are showing the signs of suicide, um, suicide ideation, and we're not sure what we can do to reach them. I think that's where the point where it's dangerous. And sometimes people even fear themselves when they get to that point of having um, those thoughts of, I I know that I struggle with mental health, but it's okay. Like I can, you know, work through some of the thoughts, but then when it gets to suicide ideation thoughts, it's like, what do I do and where do I turn? I even find that when people come in and let's say they're dealing with depression, I find it that a lot of them make it a point to say, oh, but I I don't want to kill myself. And I think there is this pre-existing expectation of judgment that like, I kind of don't even want to say that I'm depressed because if I say I'm depressed, then they're going to automatically assume that I want to hurt myself. When guys, we don't have any preconceived notions or assumptions. That's part of our job is to kind of not be judgmental. And so if you come in and you say you're depressed or you're feeling this kind of way, we're not going to make this note and say, oh, they're suicidal. I need to go commit them to the hospital. No, you know, anybody can have sad thoughts. And even to just define depression a little bit, 
if you're in a space where you've lost interest in doing certain things, or you notice that there are changes to your life functioning where I'm just not enjoying this any much, or I'm kind of withdrawing from people, or I'm isolating myself, or I'm having little energy, or I'm overeating, things like that, and you have sad thoughts, maybe you are dealing with depression. And guess what? That's a perfect time to reach out and talk to someone. And anybody who is a qualified and licensed therapist can help you with that, right? They can say, hey, depression is really normal. A big part of the population deals with this. Here's what we can do to help you get better. And so if you are in that boat and you're like, I do want to get help for depression, but I don't want to be confused as suicidal, nobody's thinking that about you. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to put that judgment on you. Yeah. So I guess what, where is the line between the, su- the uh, mm-hmm. depression symptoms versus someone being actively suicidal? Yeah. What do you see as differences there so that yeah. they can know, okay, this is where I am yeah. and versus this is where um, I may be in the future yeah, or, yeah. you know, I'm not there right now. I think for clients who come in clinically with like depression, it is kind of those symptoms of like, yeah, I'm just not having fun anymore. I'm not hanging out with friends. I kind of don't want to go to school to work. Maybe Um, my eating habits have changed. I'm not sleeping that well. And I just feel like there's a a great cloud over me. Like I'm not having any crazy thoughts, but I just feel like there's this fog, there's this cloud and I just don't feel like myself. Now, when someone is having suicidal ideation or suicidal thoughts, then there's like this inner voice going on. That's like, well, life would be better if you would just end things or you would really just do everybody a favor if you were to just be gone or you were just to disappear, right? So the thoughts become very directive about your existence no longer being a thing. Ooh, that's important. So that's a great distinction there. And so I think that helps, you know, the audience and people listening to this understand like where you are. So if you are having depressive symptoms, they look like what Gabriel was saying, like maybe you're not wanting to go to work. Maybe you're just kind of withdrawn or you're losing interest in things that um, you were once interested in. But then when you're having suicidal ideation, it's very much directed at yourself. Yeah and maybe even your character. So this is who I am. This is how other people view me. I don't want to be a burden. And it gets very, very intense. And I'm smiling because you use like a dark cloud and Gabrielle is so narrative. And so I think that that paints a really good picture though of a description of what depression can look like. Yes, there is this dark cloud. It can pass, it can come back, but it is something that we're dealing with in the moment. And these are some symptoms that are kind of making this cloud be more prevalent right now. Yeah, yeah. And I think that having more conversations like these is really helpful because sometimes people know that something's off Mm -hmm. and they may not know the language to use or they may be afraid to use certain language and so I think one of the things that we do in therapy a lot of the time is we try to make certain experiences normal we try to make you feel less you know oh I'm this freak of nature I'm the only person dealing with this no we all deal with a variety of emotions one of the things that I probably repeat the most is that this world is full of emotions and all of us are going to feel majority of them at some point in our life. So to only think that your life is defined by this one feeling or this one emotion, that's just false. Mm-hmm. Anybody, even someone who's super positive and optimistic has had a quote unquote, not so great feeling from time to time. And if you listen to our previous episodes of In Session, we say all the times that feelings aren't good or bad. Feelings are just information. Yes. And so if you use it as that, you can take any feeling that you're having and not make it an identity piece and say, nope, this is information about my life. What is it trying to tell me? Yeah. And I think a good thing that therapy does as well is is help you, excuse me, feel not so alone in it. So you can explain and express without judgment. And while the therapist may not be going through exactly what you're going through, they can attest to, okay, like you are not the only one going through this. And I totally understand where you're coming from. Let's look at strategies and prevention tips to help you feel better or just to manage what you're going through. And so like you're saying, if we're viewing the feelings as information, okay, we're looking at what is this information telling us? Well, a big one that I talk about a lot is loneliness. Okay. Mm -hmm. If we did 
didn't have that feeling of loneliness, we would yeah. be okay being isolated. And as human beings, we are not meant to be isolated. And so when the feeling of loneliness is there and it's like, hey, I'm, I want to isolate, I want to be alone. Well, it's telling you something. It's saying, okay, yes, I want to do this feeling, but I need, I'm a human and I need connection. So how can I yeah. go against this feeling? Or how can I take this information that this feeling is giving me and do something about it, which would yeah. be maybe reaching out to someone, reaching out to a therapist, finding a support group of people that are safe and that have gone through shared experiences. Yeah. And one of the things that I love to tell clients a lot of times is that I'm not a big person who pushes like labels and boxes because I, I think that's unfair in, in some points. And so anybody can have a bad day, right? Um, if something either tragic happens or I'm just really irritated or frustrated or things don't go my way, I could be prone to any variety of emotions, right? Just because you have a bad day or an off day or you withdraw for a day, it doesn't mean that, oh man, I'm depressed now and like I need to go see somebody, I need to get on medication. That's not necessarily what that means. And so I always tell people to look for patterns, right? If there is a definite or prolonged period of time where you are feeling that gray cloud or you are, are feeling, I want to isolate and all those things we talked about, then yeah, maybe we need to seek help for that. But if, you know what, I just lost my job or, oh, this bad thing just happened and I responded by getting sad, give yourself some time to see if you recalibrate. Do I adjust? For a lot of people, they will adjust, right? Like, yep, I was sad for, you know, maybe a week or two, maybe a day or two, I was really upset, but I bounced back. If you find yourself emotionally stuck in that space, that's when you can go get help to get out of it. And that's perfectly fine to do. I love the emotionally stuck piece. I'm such a patterns person, as y'all know. And so you're right. So say, for example, the gray cloud example, if yeah. it keeps coming back again yeah. and again, and you're like, well, okay, I kind of see this is here, but I'm, I'm okay. Like it goes away. It's here for like a week, maybe in the next week, you're okay. Okay. Yes. Maybe you're kind of recalibrating, like yeah. you said, and you're, you're coming out of that. But the important part is that it's a pattern. Yeah. And so if you are in that week that you're, it's a gone and it's sunny, you're saying, oh, it was just like a short period of time and I'm feeling mm. okay. What you're doing is actually avoiding. You're not. Yeah. looking at your pattern and saying, how can I change this pattern? Because what we know about patterns is they're going to keep repeating if nothing changes in that yep. pattern. And so, yes, you might have periods of, you know, I feel down, I feel really sad, and then I feel really happy, but there's never a point where I think you feel content yeah. with life or okay. And what makes you feel that way, or what makes you feel like you're, you're normative, I guess, is that you're avoiding mm-hmm. what the pattern that's really going on for you. So I would say really look at that if that's something that's happening for you. If it's continuous, even if it's not like consistent of like, oh, it's every 28 days in a row, right? If there is some pattern of any kind, be aware of that. And I guess maybe, yes, it is Suicide Awareness Month, but I would just say for mental health in general, be aware of what you're feeling because most of the time, our feelings are pretty good information getters, right? Like they give us some pretty good information. And so even if it's like, yeah, that one week it's sunny, but then the next two weeks are dark and it kind of happens like that every month, it is giving you some information. Take that information to a licensed therapist, let them help you because you don't want your life to kind of feel like it's on an on and off switch that like sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Now, again, I understand that life happens. So yes, if someone passes in your family or yes, if something happens on your job, I get that things happen. But if over time you have a pattern of not being able to handle situations or things when they occur and your emotions are kind of recurringly going back to that dark space, let's just talk about it and get some help. And I think prevention is always better than like trying to wait for things to get really, really bad. So even if you're okay and you think this bad thing happened and you've got it, it never hurts to talk to someone because certain things in life just need some extra support. 
Yeah. And if you're a friend or a family member to someone who's going through these patterns, yeah. I would really encourage you to point that out to them because sometimes you can see things better than someone who's experiencing it can because you're seeing it from an outside perspective and there's no harm in just asking, Hey, how are you feeling? Like, let's talk about what's going on in your life. I'm here to support you yeah. because the thing that happens is we, we assume we assume like, okay, they have it all together. You know, work is going well for them. Their family life is going great. When really under the surface, things could be happening that they feel like maybe they do feel like they're a burden. And they can't talk to anyone about it. And you just cracking open that, yeah. that conversation of, Hey, I'm here, you know, let's just catch up. Let's talk about our feelings, which is kind of like a taboo thing. We don't mm-hmm. really go and sit with our friends and say, how are you feeling today? We say good. And then we move on. Right. And so no, but really go in saying, okay, I know, you know, work has been going well for you. Anything there that you want to talk about, yeah. how is family life getting into details so that someone that is in your life that you're seeing these patterns with feels that support and they feel able to come and be honest about their experiences and their feelings. Yeah. And I love that you say that because honestly, a huge part of this is understanding what you need. If you don't know what you need, it's really hard to get that that type of help. And so whether you're someone dealing with it or you're someone who's like just kind of supporting that person, you want to make it your business to say, am I checking in? with people that I care about or am I checking in with myself? And there is no right or wrong way to do that. You don't have to be a licensed therapist to like check on your friend or check on your spouse or check on what have you, right? Everybody, in my opinion, needs to get better about expressing emotions and not just like, oh, I'm good or oh, I'm fine or it'll be all right. Really checking in and saying, no, what do I feel? And even if you don't know what to do with the feeling, if you're at least aware, that's a start. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you got to start somewhere. So even just taking that time in your relationships, friendships, or in your personal life, how am I really feeling? How am I really doing? And then I can try to game plan from there where I need to go. And I, I agree with that so much. Yes, we need to be better at expressing our emotions. And then we also need to be better recipients of other people's emotions. And so yeah. if someone's coming to you and you're asking, how are they doing? And they're like, oh, I'm not doing so well. Okay. You know, just kind of calm that anxiousness. Yeah. They're coming to you because they trust you. Maybe like take some deep breaths and really just sit there and help them process and be a listener. Sometimes you don't even have to do much, but like, okay, mm-hmm. tell me more about that. And sit there and validate, oh, I understand what you're going through. Oh, that sounds really hard for you right now. How can I be there to support you? And it can get frustrating because sometimes people will say, I don't know. My my favorite go-to is, okay, I get that you don't know right now. Things might be tough, but when you're ready or if you need something, I'm here. And then following up with that. So sometimes when people Mm -hmm. are um, experiencing a lot, they'll be like, okay, well, I don't know what I need, but I definitely will come let you know if I need something and they won't do it because they might be having that thought once again, that I'm a burden or I don't want to put anything else on someone else. But so you might need to kind of take initiative and follow up and say, Hey, I see that you're struggling here. Can I help you with this? Can I, you know, give you a ride? Can I, you know, provide this for you, et cetera, et cetera. If you're a good friend, then you're probably noticing a friend who's struggling. And if you're seeing that friend struggling or just not even, uh, I guess, engaging typical, like how they normally would, then I think it's, you know, kind of your responsibility to step in and at least get them some resources if you can't do that yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that kind of goes into, well, okay, if I do have these depressive thoughts or if I am suicidal, I'm having suicidal thoughts, what do I do? And I'm a big proponent of just like small steps, right? The small steps really are the foundation of any larger change. You have to start somewhere. And so let's say you're that person that we talked about who has that that dark cloud, or maybe you're isolating or you're sleeping in a whole bunch more. You've lost interest in stuff. Even if you just commit and say, you know what, I'm going to get out of bed today. Or you know what, I'm going to 
call one friend a day and talk to them for 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. Any little small action, small step, it actually is worthwhile because if you do that small step, and let's say you do it on Monday, then maybe you do it again next week on Monday and Tuesday and so on and so forth, you start to find yourself walking with the gray cloud and the and the gray cloud starts to disappear, right? Mm-hmm. Now, granted, yes, you can always talk to a licensed professional and we can give more help if this is not working, but you got to start somewhere. So whatever that behavior you're noticing, whether it's not going to class, not going to work, not wanting to communicate, just do one step in the opposite direction and see where that takes you. Yes, I love the narration. Come on, Gabrielle. She's saying, let the cloud walk with you, right? And so we're like, the cloud's there. So it's kind of this mindful awareness of like, hey, it's here right now. We're not like trying to beat it up and say like, go away cloud and like judge ourselves for it being there. But like she said, we have to kind of get some solutions in there. Okay, what can I do tomorrow that can make it a little bit less gray? And then it'll feel like we're walking with it and it's not overtaking us. And so I think a lot of times like depressive symptoms or suicidal ideation can feel like there's a lot of power there mm-hmm. and we can almost give that cloud some power unintentionally right. by kind of staying in that same pattern and so mm-hmm. that's why you know I'm such a patterns person of yes if we're not looking at our patterns if we're not aware and we're doing the same things we are giving the power to something larger than ourselves, yep. and then it gets it gets more severe and we're really at a loss of like how do I affect change it feels kind of hopeless at that yeah. point I think that's where it gets really scary and I tell this to my clients all the time when it feels really hopeless, please let me know because yeah. that's a, that's a danger point of now it doesn't feel like there's any reason yeah. to function or any reason to kind of make these small changes, but there is. And I, I can, you can, you know, rely on me to help you kind of see that perspective. Yeah. Um, you don't have to like think that you're a burden and put it all on yourself. I think it's really important to make sure that you are um, doing those small things so that it doesn't yeah. become so severe. So we're talking about the prevention part of things again. Yeah. Yeah. And things like how you manage your environment, they really matter. And so, for example, if you've been like not going to class or work and you're stuck in your apartment or your house, step outside, even if it's just once, right? No one's saying you got to go run a 5K, but even if you just step outside for five minutes, like that's an improvement. Or even if it's like, yeah, I could DoorDash some food, but maybe I'll actually get out and go get something, right? That really small difference honestly can make a big change over time. So start somewhere, even if it is environmental, honestly, if it's that your room is a mess, maybe clean up one section of it, right? Or if it's the kitchen, that's a mess, clean up one section of it, do something that kind of recreates an environment that is a little bit more positive. Doesn't have to be perfect, but it's a little bit better. And that could even kind of translate into what, how you're taking care of your body, what you're eating and, and things like that. Yeah. And we know it can be very, very difficult for you guys to be able to take care of yourself if you're going through mental struggles. And so we have a little gift for you guys. Um, we would like to give you guys, you know, free uh, delivery on an Instacart order over $35 if it's your first order. And I know that it can be very hard to nourish your body, yeah. but it really is important to get some energy when you are um, feeling these symptoms or when it's hard to get out of bed, you yeah. can just go online and make an order and it can be at your door in as little as an hour. And so we encourage you guys to use that and let us know how it works out for you the link will be in the show notes so please use that if you feel like it'll help you yeah take care of your body in any way possible and if you're listening to this I guess the biggest point that I want to make is that it doesn't have to be big right because I know when you're struggling and there is this dark cloud something big seems scary something big may even seem impossible mm-hmm. so we're not asking you to do the big thing yeah. literally just do the tiny thing yeah and if you can do that tiny thing I promise you that's going to add up 
right? It's a compounding effect that small thing doesn't stay small for long. Yes. And you might be asking yourself right now, like, why am I even worth it? And so I think mm-hmm. like you were talking about the directedness of our thoughts and our character, yeah. it kind of goes back to, okay, like, why am I worth the small changer? What do I do to even deserve to kind of be happy or yeah. to let this cloud go away? And I'm just here to tell you that you are worthy and you are um, deserving of a happy, yes. content life. And I know it doesn't seem that way right now. I think that's a big thing with depression is like, it's not going to lift. Yeah. And I think something you mentioned earlier was like the feeling gets so over overwhelming it's not that I want to die I don't think but it's that I want this feeling to go away and so if we're stuck in that feeling it's very hard to I mean very easy to say okay I this feeling is me yeah Um, it's embodying me I don't deserve anything that's happy because the feelings are going to be quote-unquote negative I don't like to say negative feelings but they're going to be those harder feelings that we view as negative in society like very dark very sad very fearful, very alone. Those are really like, when I just said those, it's like, wow, those are the very, I think of like black, like it it feels very dark. Um, and so I, I totally get that, but I want to, you know, I want you to hear me, hear me say that you are worthy and that you do deserve good things. Yes. That is so important. And, you know, we're all humans, even as therapists. And so I love the fact of kind of what you just said about feeling overwhelming. And it's like, sometimes it's not that I want to in my life. I just want this feeling to stop. And if you're listening to that, please get help, right? Talk to someone who can walk that out with you, who can help you. Because if I could have had someone a decade or so ago, kind of walk with me through that, I think, yeah, I probably would have felt overwhelmed in that moment, but I wouldn't have felt alone. And I think that's kind of where the difference maker was. Now, granted, yeah, things worked out. I'm still here and everything's better. But I remember about a decade ago feeling exactly like that. Like, I want this feeling to be gone, right? You know, I thought, you know, maybe I'm not a horrible person, but because I felt so horribly, if I could just get rid of this feeling, right? And I know how debilitating that is, because what do you do if I'm here, the feeling's with me, I want the feeling to stop. Well, how do I change that, right? You have to change yourself. And so I get how overwhelming that is find someone, connect with someone who can help you, right? Mm -hmm. Do not suffer alone. And a lot has changed in the past 10 years, right? 10 years ago, I didn't know anything about therapy or therapist, but now here we are. You have podcasts like ours that are talking about it. Please do not suffer alone. Get some help. Talk to somebody, right? If my story could help anybody, it would just be that I know what it's like to be depressed. I know what it's like to have sad thoughts, you don't have to fight that battle alone. This is 2022. You have people who are qualified and competent to help you, right? Get the help. Yeah. And if you feel so compelled, I've, I've heard of people who are going through, you know, the depressive episodes and suicide ideation and they share their story okay. and actually the sharing of their story helps other people connect with them. And yeah. they kind of create the shared experience where it's like, if I can express how I'm feeling, it's going to make someone else feel comfortable and yeah. secure to talk about what they're going through. And that feels good. And so I would encourage you, if you do feel like you have a story and you want to tell it, you know, find your audience, find yeah. people in your life that um, will listen to you and share it because your, your story is worthy. Um, your story is important and other people need to hear that. I think the more that we talk about mental health, that yeah. the way that it's changed is the way that we talk about it. Yeah. We talk about it more. We hear therapists about therapists more. We on TikTok, there's a whole bunch of mental health mm-hmm. um, posts. There's a whole mental health community online. Yeah. The way that we communicate about it, it lets the public know yeah. mental health is important. Yep. There are resources for mental health. There are people out here that are willing to help you. And there's a lot of great resources online yeah. too that are there to help you. And, and there's nothing to say that you can't be a resource for someone else as well. Absolutely. So if you have a story and you want to share it, I encourage you to do that because it's very, your story has power. We're talking Absolutely. about, we're talking about narrative here. This whole session has, <laughs> I love narrative. I love narrative. I don't use it too much. Gabrielle loves narrative. And so I guess this is a narrative episode, but um, yes, your story has power. Your story yeah. matters. And so share that story. Absolutely. And because this is Suicide um, Awareness Month, 
we just want you to be aware of the new changes to the suicide um, hotline prevention number. And so, guys, you can text or call 988, right? Text or call 988, and you will be connected to licensed professionals. They have live help for you at any time. There's 24 7. Text or call 988. It used to be this really long 1 800 number, but nope, it's really simple now. 988. If you ever find yourself in need of help and you're like, hey, I'm having these dark thoughts or I'm having these harmful self thoughts and I don't know what to do with it text or call 988. If you have a friend or a coworker or someone who you think is struggling in that way, share it with them, right? It's super quick and easy to do. And you never know, right? Just having access to the number 988 could save your life or someone else's. For sure. So. Yes, definitely rely on that resource. And if you guys need any more resources, let us know if you need help finding a therapist in your area. Yeah. We are more than welcome to do that. Um, is there any other takeaways that you have for this episode, Gabrielle? No, I think you, I love how you said it. Everyone's deserving of, you know, they're worthy and they deserve a good life that's happy. So please do that. We love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode and we'll be back for more next time. Bye.